Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. One of our rhythms here at That Sounds Fun is that we don't record or release shows during Holy Week. It's a chance for us all to make a little more space to be still and quiet or to move our bodies and talk to the Lord about what this week, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus means for us in our faith. So we won't have new episodes here for you next week, but you can certainly listen along to Let's Read the Gospels for some intentional time with Jesus. We'd love to have you join us for that as April starts on Saturday. And before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Athletic Greens. I don't know if you're like me, but I bet we're like about these two things. One, we enjoy learning life hacks totally. Two, we think it's hard to keep up with the supplement routine that comes with a bunch of different products. Yes and amen. AG1 by Athletic Greens is a life hack that just makes figuring out supplements so much easier. It's seriously the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. It's just one scoop of powder mixed with really cold water once a day. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole foods sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, you know, like I need boosted energy, but you get it, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. AG1 is delivered like clockwork every month, so it's super easy to make it a daily habit. No worries about running out or remembering to reorder. And don't get me started on the single-serving travel packs that help us never miss a single day. Just mix the powder into ice-cold water, drink it first thing each morning, that's it, with AG1 being good friends to your bodies each day is really that simple. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens has given you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. So make sure you check that out. Today on the show, I get to talk with a new friend and a return friend. Pastor Joby Martin is the founder and lead pastor of the Church of 1122 and author of the book, If the Tomb is Empty. And you may already know our dear friend, Charles Martin, who is making his sixth appearance on That Sounds Fun. Get ready. He was on episode 133, 212, 267, 404, and the TSS live show in Houston. He's the author of The Waterkeeper, The Letterkeeper, and The Record Keeper. They turned the world upside down in so many other other amazing books. Together, they've written a new book called Anything is Possible, How Nine Miracles of Jesus Reveal God's Love for You. With all the time that we're spending in the Gospels with Ruts Read the Gospels, you know I can't resist a chance to talk about miracles and how well Jesus loves. Also, for you to know, we recorded this on Monday, the day that there was a mass shooting down the street in Nashville involving a school and a community that is very dear to many of us here in the office. And so Pastor Joby Martin and our pastor, Charles Martin, and I talked about that. So I wanted you to know that is part of our conversation is that happened hours before we recorded. So that is what happens in real time, you guys. So here's my conversation with Pastor Joby Martin and Charles Martin. Charles Martin and Pastor Joby Martin, welcome to That Sounds Fun. What's up? Hey. 
Okay, first of all, we all explain that you are neither brothers, father, son, married couple. You just happen to have the same last name. <laughs> okay. Well, you've added two there. So, uh, yeah, we're not brothers. We just have the last name. Maybe if you go far back enough, our people are from Scotland. And yeah. Everybody came over in the 1700s, but yeah. that's as close as we can get. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we are a couple of generations back. He's from South Carolina. My family's from Texas, but they came out of South Carolina. So oh. I'm sure somewhere. Y'all should do that genealogy research. That's fun. <laughs> that's a good thing. For, as if y'all don't have enough going on, that's a good thing to add to your to-do list is find out if you're really related. A, a thing that y'all know that we've just talked about is here in Nashville today, there was a mass shooting at a school that is very near and dear to my heart. And so mm. so we don't want to pretend like that is not what is happening in real time. At real time, I'm checking my phone constantly to see if children and teachers that I care about are okay. So my question, I would love for y'all, what do you pray when when this has happened? I mean, we see mass shootings, unfortunately, often in the U.S. What do we pray? What does prayer look like in all this? Hmm. Well, you pray desperately for sure, because there is no pain like kid pain. Right. And uh, man, my heart breaks for all of Nashville, but particularly those parents right now that are waiting on those phone calls. I will say you pray to a God that no one knows what it's like for his son to go through pain yeah. as we will celebrate this next week. And when you don't know what to pray, the good news is the book of Romans says when you run out of words, the Spirit of God will just give you the things to pray, even if they're not words. And I imagine there's lots of people just groaning in prayer right now. Yeah, yeah. But I think the key is there's no way to figure out God. I yeah. mean, we live in an evil world. You know, this is post-Genesis 3. And sometimes some some very sick or evil people do very sick and evil things. And... um not to jump right to the book, but we did write a chapter in here on what do you do when God doesn't do what you think he ought to do. Yeah. In John chapter 6, Jesus starts this crazy teaching ministry about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And everybody's like, nope, right. I can't do that. I mean, think about it. If you're a first century Jewish person, you can't even eat pork, much less a prophet, right? right. So you're thinking, there's no way he said, eat my flesh. Right. And in one second, he could have explained what he was talking about. And he chooses not to. And then he looks at Peter and says, you don't want to leave too, do you? And the reason he's asking is because Peter is thinking, I think I've made a poor choice here. I think I need to go back to fishing. What are we yeah. doing? This yeah. is not going well. Yeah. And it's Peter's answer to that question that gets me through when, from my perspective, I don't understand what God is doing. Yeah. And Peter says, to whom shall we go? You're the only one that offers eternal life. Mm-hmm. So when you're going through it, all I know to do is pick up your doubts and pick up your unanswered questions and pick up your tears and pick up your pain and just keep following after Jesus because he's the only one that offers eternal life. Yeah, Charles, what I mean, what does it look like to balance the like God allows things and we live in an evil world and what and what in the world is this? <laughs> yeah, he's sovereign. And he allows, you know, I mean, Satan came to him and asked him for Job and he gave Satan permission to take everything from Job except his life. Yeah. At the end of which Job says, um, I've heard of you at the, with the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you and I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I don't yeah. know. That doesn't answer anybody's question right now in Nashville. I, and I don't know. It's I'm finite. He's infinite. Right. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to encapsulate God. Let me do this, okay? We all have folks we love in Nashville. Can I just pray for him? Yeah. I don't know how to talk about praying yeah. for him. Can I just pray for him? Yeah. Lord Jesus, it's, it's we're recording this on Monday. This doesn't come out until Thursday, so it's a little bit of a wrinkle in time, time warp thing. But um, you you know you know all things, yeah. and so Father, we ask that right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would heal hearts that you would defend children. Father, I pray Psalm 91 right now over that school and those yes. pam- families and teachers and parents. And Father, for everybody, for every single person, would you just shower and rain down your Holy Spirit and let the people's response to this when it's over, let their response be the same as, I think it was Elisha's servant when all of the city was surrounded and Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And you opened his eyes and the 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 mountains were surrounded with the angels of the army of God. And his response was, there are more for us than there are for them. So I pray that these, that everybody, when this is over and your peace reigns, 
that their response would be, there are more for us than there are yeah. for them, Father. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it, right? I, I was reading a book on prayer this weekend, and the guy says, the only way to get better at prayer is not to read about it, but to do it. <laughs> Amen. I thought, that's it. That's it. Thank y'all both for your thoughts on that. It feels, you know, I mean, we talked about this ahead of time, but, you know, it feels like God is so intentional in knowing what today would be for us, but also having this on the calendar that this conversation is really important. And and this book, Anything is Possible, is really important, especially as we're looking toward Easter. Now, is this is this the first book y'all have written together or is it the second? Did you help with the it's the second, right? Second. Okay. Yeah, second. Okay. So how do you write books together? How does that even work? <laughs> well, it's quite the process. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, our church has this really awesome uh, retreat center about an hour north of us in the coastal plains of Georgia. And Charles and I love to hunt together, which is cool. And so we'll head up into the woods and spend some time and then build a big old fire in one of the cabins. And yeah. then basically, I just stand up and preach to him a sermon. And Charles has been at our church for about eight or nine years. So uh-huh. he's heard all the stories and right. all of that. And then he asked me about 100 million questions. And then he's got a list of all the illustrations and stuff that he's heard before. And he says, tell me that one and tell me that one. And I, yeah. I just download it. But then quite honestly, it really becomes like a two-man discipleship group, man. Wow. I mean, there are prayers and snot and tears. And we joke that we put the men in menopause. I don't know when yeah. we started crying so much, but <laughs> good gracious. <laughs> Especially on this one, because yeah. um, I was walking through some stuff while we were putting yeah. this one together. But that's it. He helps me take the content that the Lord gives me from stage to page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you write really beautifully about in the book is about as you're writing, a friend of yours dies in Scotland while y'all are there on a trip. So you have to write Yeah, my best friend. Yeah. yeah, You write an entire chapter around, here's the suffering I'm going through right now. Yeah. I think uh, the evangelical world probably needs a gospel-centered book on miracles because there's too many books on miracles that are all about the miracles. Mm. And we're trying to point people to the miracle maker. Yeah. So there's the chapter on what do you do when God just shows off and how do you respond to gratitude and what do you do when it doesn't go your way yeah. and the miracle you're praying for doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, Charles, when you're, when you're listening to him preach to you and you're, y'all are recording it all together. I mean, is there any point where you're stopping and going, wait, how is that real? Wait, how is that? Like, are you bringing your own, a little bit of your own experience into his stories. Yeah, but I've been listening to him long enough now. To what yeah. I, in some some ways, I can finish the sentences, and I literally do when I'm writing. And if yeah. he wants to change them, he can change them. I yeah. mean, you know, whatever. It's his book. But when we got to the chapter on on, on you know what is God? How, how do you deal with it when God doesn't answer your the prayers the way maybe that you're hoping He does? And He had just come back from Scotland. Yeah. Brad had just died. I got a text the the afternoon that happened. Like I, yeah. I'm here, he's there, a bunch of folks. I get a text. I knew Brad. Didn't obviously know him as well as Joby, but knew him pretty well. Had hunted with him, spent some time with him, loved him. So he gets home, and we're working on this chapter, and it's a kind of a. He's supposed to be on sabbatical too, by the way. So it's yeah. a total gut punch. And we when we got to the end of it, I said, "Hey, we." We need to sort of tell the story. People need to know that you're not writing from theory. Yeah. This is not just theological navel gazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we there were days we didn't write because he's not in the headspace to like he's grieving. Yeah. You know? So I said, I, I think we just need to tell this story. So that's what happened at the end of that. You yeah. you really feel feel a sense in that chapter where, okay, I just want you to know, he says, Okay, I just want you to know I'm not speaking from theory. This is what just happened. Yeah, yeah. And I, right. as painful as it was and is, I do think it, I think it is a very honest approach to the scriptures we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. As y'all were going through, I mean, you know, this is such a great read for this time of year. So many people are meeting Jesus for the first time because it's Easter and they're hearing the story for the first time. And so many people are picking up Jesus-centric books. But you you focus on nine different miracles. How did you pick which nine were worth focusing on and the other, I don't know, lots that did not get picked? How'd you pick these nine? We probably started with about 12 or 13 and then just whittled it down. This is where working with Charles helps so much. A couple of things in both books. The first book is called If the Tomb is Empty. And so 
Charles would draw stuff out of me that I would not necessarily volunteer to put in the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like what's going on in our church or maybe something about my life. And as an accomplished author and my buddy, he's like, nah, man, you need to tell this one. And yeah. so he's not big on self-promotion. Honestly, I mean, he, he just isn't. So it was sort of my job to say, okay, wait a minute. People need to hear that. They need to know yeah. that. He's like, okay, well, here's the story. Yeah. One of the interesting things I took away after reading the book is one of them is Mary anointing Jesus. Yeah. Why is that a miracle? Well, it, it comes right on the heels of Lazarus coming out of the grave. Yeah. And so, but I wanted to look at how do we rightly respond to the miraculous? Yeah. And especially, man, nudge people in how we respond in worship to an almighty God. Yes. I mean, because... There's so many people in churches right now critical of other people pouring out their heart to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And in that event, the critical, you don't want to be on the critical team. Yeah. Right? Right. You want to be on the team that's taking the most valuable thing you have because you're you're just overwhelmed with God's grace and you've got nothing but gratitude. And so you take what is most valuable to you and pour it out on the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And that may make a few people feel a little awkward sometimes. So that's what makes it a miracle is that she's given her everything? Well, no, we just came out of the the Lazarus coming out of the tomb. So we're just on the got heels it. of that miracle. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Because I was, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. I loved that chapter, but I thought, man, that is so interesting. And and when you even when you talk about Jesus' death or resurrection, which I want us to talk about a good bit today, since this is the show that everyone will hear before Easter, I found myself as I finished the book asking this question. So I'd love for both of y'all to tell me your thoughts. Is... Jesus is death the miracle or is his resurrection the miracle or is it both? Well, you know, I mean, technically speaking, the fact that God died and allowed himself to die, I, I think that is outside of the norm and would qualify as a miraculous. Uh -huh. But without the resurrection, the crucifixion would be just another death. So wow. for sure, we are celebrating the empty tomb. Yeah. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think that it is appointed for men to die. I think I, I'm not saying dying was the easy part. Dying was excruciating. We, we'll talk about that. And so, but the fact that God, through the power of the Spirit, tapped his son on the shoulder and said, It's time to get up. And he walked out of the tomb shining like the sun mm -hmm. and he defeated yeah. death, hell. The grave has the keys of hell dangling from his belt. There's the miracle, yeah. which is also the thing that sets us apart. I mean, yeah. it is the event upon which we base everything. Yes. It's the thing that matters. Yeah. It's the, it's the reason anything matters. I did an interview a couple of weeks ago and it was supposed to release right around Easter. And they said, is there anything else you want to promote? And I was like, Easter. Easter. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like, and they were like, oh, are you doing something on Easter? I was like, no, no, no. I just mean like, that's the day. Like that's the day <laughs> that the reason Fact. we do everything we do is because of Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Thrive Cosmetics. So I first heard about Thrive Cosmetics because the internet is very smart and knows what kind of ads to serve me. And thankfully, this was a mailbox trip that did not disappoint. Those ads led me to discovering not just my favorite mascara, the Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara that I have on this very day, but some of Thrive's other incredible products as well, like the Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner. Okay, here's what I love about this eyeliner. It goes on in a smooth swipe with gorgeous color that is waterproof, smudge-proof, and lasts all day. The other end has this little built-in sharpener for your fine tip needs, and when you pull it out, the other side is an angled tip that you can use to smudge to your heart's content. It's literally everything you need in an eyeliner. Thrive's helping us stock our makeup bags with incredible incredible, clean, skin-loving products that make us feel like a million bucks while also helping us help others. Cause is in the name for a reason. As part of their mission, every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive with partners that help people emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, and recovering from cancer, just to name a few. You have to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. Right now, you can get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF, like that sounds fun. That that's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash T-S-F for 15% off your first order. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about, Shopify. 
Y'all know what that sound means. That's right. It means that another one of you, our amazing friends, is getting your hands on one of the products or resources we have over here at shopanniefdowns.com. Now, money is far from the top of my list of favorite things, but it does really matter to me that we connect you with things like the Let's Read the Gospels guidebook and books like What Sounds Fun to You, the children's book that I've written, because I want those things to encourage you and bring light and fun into your life. Our shop is powered by Shopify. For those of you who also have an entrepreneurial spirit and a passion to get what you created in the hands of people who will love it, you need Shopify. From an in-person point of sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, Shopify covers every sales channel. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Now it's your turn to get serious about that passion project you want to get out into the world and try Shopify today. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sounds fun, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sounds fun to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Pastor Joby and Charles. I thought I had as I was reading as well. The miracles y'all picked, is there an overarching theme to these? Is there a reason these nine are the nine that you stuck with? Well, I mean, the subtitle of the book is how these nine miracles point to God's love for you. And in in the book of John, he doesn't call miracles miracles. He calls them signs because they all point to something greater. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to point people not to a miracle, but to the maker of miracles. Yes. So that's what's significant here. So, so like even even the one where um, Jesus' feet are anointed, it, it starts out in Simon the leper's house. Yeah. Well, there's a miracle right there because he's not the leper anymore. Right. His first right. time he's ever been able to host a dinner party in his entire life. I had never thought that till I read that part, that he was a leper who had never hosted a party before and was touching people's food for the first time. He's got to be because he's never yeah. been allowed. He's never been allowed in the temple, synagogue, yeah. anybody's home. It's a pretty good picture of what the church ought to be. I mean, every weekend when you gather together, man, it's just a bunch of former lepers. And we're just celebrating what Jesus has done in our life. Yes, yes. Yeah, so which of, for both of y'all, which of the nine was your favorite to write about? What's your favorite miracle that Jesus did? Let's remove death and resurrection. Tell me what your favorite is that that people saw him do. (laughs) Well, those are different questions. Lazarus back from the dead would be like, I guess, if I was going to see one. But yeah. the one I'm most excited about is the Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost. Yeah, really? Because Why that is that? Is, that is the miracle that every believer is guaranteed that you get yeah. to participate in. Yeah. He may or may not raise your family. He may or may not cure your blindness. He may or may not cure your whatever. Yeah. But you pray and receive Christ, you are filled with the Spirit. And the things that the disciples did, we are called to do, and even greater things than these. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Because everybody's guaranteed that one. The Holy Spirit is a gift for anybody who walks with Jesus. That's right. And there is no expiration date on the Spirit in my Bible. So get to work. What about you, Charles? Well, yeah. I mean, ditto. But I, I love... There's one paragraph, and I don't know if it's Mark 10 or 12 or wherever it is. I can't remember. Jesus walks through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He's headed to his last, what will be his last Passover. And he stops off and has a conversation with a blind man at the gate. And the blind man's name is Bartimaeus, which just means son of Timaeus. And all we know is he's blind. He begs at the gate and he's the Timaeus's son. Yeah. And Jesus has set his face like a flint for Jerusalem. He's headed to his own execution. And yet for some reason, he stops to talk with this blind, smelly beggar who's considered a cursed man. And we know from scripture, Jericho is a cursed city. So he talks to cursed man and cursed city and heals him. And to me, Jesus then walks 20 miles, you know, uphill into Jerusalem, hops on a pony. They lay down their clothes. Even the rocks cry out. Yeah. Several days later, these people nail him to a same people nail him to a tree. But I feel like when Jesus leaves Jericho, he's driving a stake in the ground. Yeah. And in healing Bartimaeus, he is putting the world on notice. He's like, yeah. look, all of you, all of you that are blind, the son of man has come with healing in his wings. Yes. And I am bringing the kingdom of God with me. 
Now yes. watch. Yes. So it's, it, gets a, it's, it gets a paragraph. It doesn't get like a whole lot of airtime, but I do love it. I like that one too. That's fun. We share a friend, Mark, who has taken both of us to Israel. Yeah, yeah. And when he shows that road from Jericho right. to Jerusalem, I didn't know it was uphill the whole way. I mean, I've heard right them say going up to Jerusalem, <laughs> but you're like, oh, that is like an uphill walk. Yeah. That is no joke. Yeah. So thinking Jesus doing that, knowing what he was walking to. Just, you know, you mentioned Israel. It's interesting. That's that's where the the genesis of us writing a book together came from. Really? It was like yeah. four years ago, probably something like that. And uh, we're at Caesarea Philippi. Oh wow! And I we just kind of I was like, hey man, would you help me write a book? Yeah. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, like, I don't know. <laughs> you write books. I don't know. I talk. You write books. So well, maybe. I, I had an idea of what was involved, and I'm not sure he knew what he was yeah. asking. So I was <laughs> yeah, trying to right. clarify what exactly do you mean? Yeah, and he said, we right. can talk about it. And then we got home. I didn't do anything. And then I was sitting in my backyard, either reading what if it's true or they turned the world upside down. Yeah. And Charles is like a driver to pitch and wedge from my house. So we yeah. hang out all the time too. And I would call and be like, hey, get over here right now. We got to talk about this. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I kept seeing a ton of stuff in those two books that I preach about all the time. Yeah, yeah I, stole, Which, I stole a bunch of it. <laughs> the, you would hope somebody that goes to your church for nine years would yeah. get something out of it, yeah. right? But when I saw that, when I was like, yep, that's my phrase. I talk about that, you know? I was like, I think this thing will work. Yeah. But it it, it began in, in Caesarea Philippi where Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Yeah. Well, y'all kind of explain, either of you kind of explain Caesarea Philippi, because I don't think people know. I didn't know until I was standing there what it, what, and I've, you know, I've read the, we're reading the Gospels every month. I've read the Gospels a lot, and I didn't realize what Caesarea <laughs> Philippi was. Yeah. So it's a, it's Sin City, man. It is, uh, it's kind of the Vegas of that part of the world. Yes. And Jesus takes his disciples on a little camping trip to Sin City. And when they get there, I mean, there's some shady things going on. There's yeah. a, a a temple to a sex god named Pan right there. There's child sacrifice going on. There's this big hole in the mountain, this mm -hmm. cave. And they call that the gates of hell. But don't mm -hmm. think gate like a swinging gate on your you know, in your yard, think gate like portal because they believe that is the place where demons entered and exited. Yes. Right here. And then Jesus asked the question, who do people say that I am? Yeah. And they give the same answers a lot of people would today. You know, good moral teacher, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then he asked the most important question anybody will ever deal with in their entire life. But who do you say that I am? Yeah. And you know who's going to talk first, who's going to talk most? It's going to be Peter. Peter's like, ooh, I words. <laughs> I love that guy. But like my daddy said, you know, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah. And Jesus says, upon this rock... And he means the public declaration that Christ is who he says he is, the son of the living God. Upon that, I will build my ecclesia is the word he uses, not church. He says ecclesia, which is a movement, a mm. gathering of called out people. Yeah, It's not for about 300 years that they, they begin to use the German word kirche, which means the Lord's house. Yeah. And in that moment, it's really sad. This thing went from a movement to a place you go on the weekend. Hmm. Right. And says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. And I got to believe he's standing on one of those rocks, pointing mm -hmm. down to that place where yes. they thought the demons entered and exited. Oh, and he wow. said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah. And here's what you got to think, Andy. These, these are 12 dudes, probably all teenagers. Matthew might have been 20, following their rabbi. So there's 13 of them total. And they are sitting outside of a, a metropolis. And they're like, hold on, boss. There's 12 of us on a camping trip. And we barely got enough food to feed us. And you're saying this thing that we're doing is going to topple this Las Vegas thing going on there. Yes. Now you fast forward 2,000 years. Caesarea Philippi is just a pile of rocks. Yeah. It's just rubble and some discarded temple stuff. And every busload that comes to check it out are Christians from all over the world. It wow. is a fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus when you walk up to that place. And see, the church yeah. is doing pretty good. Yeah. And the gates of hell have not prevailed. Yeah, because it's just a relic now. I mean, it's That's just right. a, it's just a, we treat it as a sightseeing spot now. <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> which and is wild. Japanese food right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, there's a gift shop on property. Now there's a no, gift yeah. shop on property where he said he would build his church. Um, I, I think Caesarea Philippi is one of those places that one of the reasons we should all go to Israel as soon as you can is to see Caesarea Philippi because it no just doubt. changes that whole vision to me of that story. Well, the first time I ever went, I went with Mark too. Yeah. And we lead trips, and Charles and I just got back a couple of weeks ago from leading a trip of 72, 11, 22 or something like that. Yep. And so, but the first time I ever went, I wanted to like just be selfish, take it in before I had to teach it. Totally. Right? So, man, I've seen pictures of Caesarea Philippi since I was in seminary and all of that. And I've worked at church. This is my 30th year on staff at a church, and I planted one 10 years ago. Yeah. I walk up to that place where where the this is the first time in human history the idea of church has ever been mentioned out loud yeah. in all of human history on the planet is that place and i looked at mark and i said cancel the day bro really and i went and found me a little rock told everybody to leave me alone i only took like four people with me on that first trip yeah and i was like all right lord yeah. This thing that I'm, I've given my life to, okay, the Church of 1122 that I pastor and our big buildings and all of our campuses and our online fee, all the things, okay? Yeah. Is that what you were talking about here? Because if not, I'm going to shut it down. Right. Because I just want to be about what you would have me be about. Yeah. I just want That's to do right. what you said on one of these rocks around here. Yes. That upon this rock, you would build your church. And I yeah. stayed there for about just four hours. Wow. And I walked away with a, a clarity and a conviction that this is exactly what God was talking about. Wow. Now, for sure, we're not perfect. There's no perfect churches. But all we do every weekend is declare that He's the Christ, the Son of the yeah. living God. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to read y'all a quote from yourselves. Sweet. Um, <laughs> on page 97, you say, a great sermon and a great song will never sustain you. They may make you feel better, but they won't push you over the line and into true belief. Only the presence of a great Savior will sustain you. So will y'all talk for just a minute? When I read that, I thought, man, I love hearing a pastor of a church say, a great sermon and a great song aren't going to cut it. But gathering on gathering at church still really matters and is really important. So will you talk about that? Jesus is the only one who sustain us, but being in community and gathering really matters. Yeah, I mean, songs matter, man. The Bible is clear that we're to sing to Him. Sermons matter. I mean, that is what the church does: proclaim the gospel. Yes. But those are a means to an end. Yeah. The end is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. And so. When a church begins to think that the people exist to come and hear sermons and sing songs, yeah. as opposed to the fact that the songs and the sermons exist because God loves his people mm. and wants to draw them unto himself. If you don't think about it the way, you've gotten it wrong, completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. In fact, every before we came on, I was mentioning that I write my sermons in the woods. It's turkey season yeah. right now. So I was sitting in the turkey woods this morning. And every week I start the same way. All right, Lord, they're your sheep. They're not my sheep. I mean, you're the chief shepherd, wow. right? Lead pastor and chief shepherd are the same words in Greek. Yeah. And so you're the you're the chief shepherd. They're your sheep. They're not my sheep. I work for you. What do you want to say to your people? Yes. The point of the sermon is not me preaching the sermon. The point of the sermon is to equip people that they would know him. Yes. Because he is the only thing that can sustain them. Not even the miracle that you're praying for. Yeah, that's right. There's only one eternal miracle, and it's salvation. Yeah. I thought that when y'all were writing about Lazarus, because I'm like, well, and I think you even you even wrote it, Charles, where you, you said, I mean, it was a temporary resurrection. Like it, right. it, it still didn't last. So Charles, speak to that. How do we manage our expectations around miracles we want? How do we pursue miracles knowing that like Pastor Joby just said, they're all temporary besides eternal life? Like how do we operate with miracles in our real life knowing that they're all short term, I guess? I don't know that I know how to say manage my expectations with with miracles. This is what I do know. Jesus said, "These things I have done, and greater things you will do." So go do them. He tells us in Matthew ten, preach the word, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. He's he's saying, go do the work of the kingdom, the thing that I do. In 
in the ministry of Jesus, I don't know how many people got healed, at least the ones that we read about. But every time he shows up, he said it, it says in Matthew 4, 34, he healed them all. Yeah. We have studied the Greek word all, like really deeply. <laughs> and even today, all still means all. Actually all, yeah. <laughs> the, Jesus is alive today. Matter of fact, we probably even have it, not probably, we do have it better than the disciples because Jesus left. He said, it's better that I go away because I'm yeah. going like to send the helper to you. And not mm -hmm. only do we have the helper, his very spirit, but Jesus, the son of God, is seated at the right hand of the Father and he has his ear and he has had it for 2,000 years in, in intercession for us. And he says, yeah. ask me. Yeah. So, I don't know. We we wanted to, I know Joby's heart in this book was to put out a book that, that said, look, God is alive. He is still yeah. doing today what he did then. Yeah. This is not a dead gospel. That's we don't right. worship a dead savior. I checked, this tomb is still empty. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we, honestly, with authenticity and humbly walk with our Savior and also pursue these things He tells us to pursue and to expect miracles yes. and then also not doubt Him when we don't get, and that's, that's just a, that's just, I don't know, that's just a walk. Yeah. Like, like that's like, Lord, I trust you. I trust yeah. you when you don't answer me and I trust you when you do answer me. My circumstances, and I think we say this somewhere towards the end, and that we certainly see it in the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. My circumstances do not dictate the truth of you. My experience does not tell me who you are. Yes. Your word tells me who you are, and that is the truth of you. And I am mm. I am banking on that. I'm standing on that. So yeah. one of the things I love about Joby's teaching, especially through this book, is the admonition or the encouragement, yes, we should absolutely hope and pray for miracles. And we do. We pray our faces off for them. Yes. All the time. And I'm pointing this way because our sanctuary is that way. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. And we're praying for people with cancer and all, all yeah. kind of stuff weekly. Yep. But even when he doesn't answer us the way that we hope and pray, He's still almighty God, king of the universe. And he yeah. still loves us with a crazy love that we can't fathom. Even right this moment with what's going on down the street at the school, mm -hmm. yeah. which I don't understand. And evil is alive and, and like wreaking havoc. Yeah. He still loves us mm -hmm. beyond our ability to conceive it. So do I know how to manage expectations with regards to miracles? No. Yeah. Am I praying like crazy for him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Some of the early church fathers says that one of the ways to look at miracles, again, John never calls them miracles. He calls them signs because they're pointing to something that, greater. Toby. Yeah. So some of the early church fathers would say that miracles are not supernatural. They're just pre-Genesis 3 natural. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because nobody was blind. Nobody was lame. Nobody died. Yeah. Or they're post-resurrection of the dead normative. Yeah. And that God <laughs> yeah. is just giving us a glimpse into what will be, can be, and yes. should be. Yes. But you're right. Sometimes, I mean, how about this one? This one always freaks me out. Jesus goes to Peter and says, the devil is going to sift you. Oh, right. And then he goes, and I'll pray for you. Yeah, and I'll <laughs> pray for you. Uh, hope you survive it. Yeah. <laughs> how about stop him? Yeah. How about that one? Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> no? Okay, yeah. just prayer? Me. Right, Thanks. right, right. <laughs> I think I think our attitude when we pray, first of all, I don't want to start my prayer for healing with I will be done. Just to point it out, we got that prayer from Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane yeah. while he's sweating blood and he comes back three times because maybe he didn't like the answer. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I don't want to lead with that one. Yep. I want to lead with you have not because you ask not. You know, Amen. yeah. I don't want I don't want to give God an out anytime. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm begging God to rip heaven open and do what I know that He can. But I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are a pretty good way to pray. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love when you talk about that. That God put him in the fire. Man, and we know you can yes. save us, and we are believing that you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even and if you even don't, even if you don't, we're that not is that is such down. a complicated three that. sentences back to back. No that way. is. <laughs> Yeah, but but I so want that faith. Yeah, I want the faith that'll pray that. I know that yeah. you can. I know that you will. And even if you don't, I'm still going to fall at your feet and worship you as king. This is where the, the sovereignty of God is CPR to the hurting Christian heart. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because man, it. I'm telling you, man, when I when we came off that, we were in the Highlands of Scotland yeah. hunting stag. For a hunter like me, gets no better. That's right. And then the Scotland Yard showed up, and they were like, Bradley didn't make it. Had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Now listen. 
I led that dude to Christ. I baptized him on a mission trip. He was a general contractor, and he had three of our campuses under contract. Wow. That's what he does for a living. He builds churches so people can meet Jesus. I've got a long list of people I would love for the Lord to take out. <laughs> Charles, I mean, you can't say that. Or, well, I just did. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Okay, so Bradley ain't on the list, man. Yeah. There's no way. I don't get it. But here's what I do know because I believe God is good and that he's in control. Yeah. And this is true for everybody in Nashville hurting like crazy right now that knows the Lord. There will be a day somehow, somehow, and we will see clearly. Yeah. And he'll peel back the curtain and all of our tears will be wiped away. Mm. And we'll think, you did it again, God. You did it again. I thought my way was better. Yeah. And somehow you were at work in all things for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Yeah. That, Romans 8, 28, in Greek, the things are not the subject of the sentence. God is the subject of the sentence. Mm -hmm. And he is the one doing the work. Yes. And so, especially when we can't understand. Yeah. This gets a little bit of a question you asked earlier. L let me just say, when we were working on this, the thing that, we and I think even think we voiced it out loud somewhere towards the end of writing this and and seriously every book we've worked on because we're now working on number three. But when Isaiah meets Jesus, mm -hmm. his response is, "I am an unclean man mm -hmm. with unclean lips, living among unclean people, and I am undone." John who reclined on Jesus' bosom at the Last Supper and knows Jesus as a friend and a buddy and a pal, yeah. meets him on the island of Patmos and sees and meets resurrected Jesus, uncloaked. Yes. And all he can do is fall on his face and worship him, and I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. What we need, what I want, what I pray for us, what we as people need is we need to have an encounter with the risen king who walked out of the tomb and meet him on that way. And when we do, every other conversation just ceases to exist. Yeah. And we will throw our crowns at his feet. Everything, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our arguments, all, all of that. Yeah. When we meet him, we fall at his feet and we are undone. And I praise God that we are. And I, so one of our hopes, prayers, and as we've prayed about the book is, Lord, would you let people meet you through these pages? Yeah. The miracles, yes, absolutely. We want them, pray for them, all that. But they're really to point us to the one who can and does do them. Yeah. And he's 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 a, probably a bit more magnificent than we can all quantify. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Haya Health. I know that all of you who are parents or are friends with parents care about the kids in your life staying healthy. But here's the thing, typical children's vitamins are essentially candy in disguise made up of two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gooey junk growing kids don't really need. That's why Hyo was created. These are the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are full of sugar, like five grams of sugar, and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Hyo is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, but it tastes great, and it's perfect for picky eaters. Hyo fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need, all with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Hyo is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. I mean, that's great. Everything else you can imagine. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Your first order comes in this really cute glass bottle. It even comes with stickers that your kids can use to decorate it. And then your refills are delivered each month in plastic-free pouches. Haya must feel the same way we do about single-use plastic. Like, they hate it. Us too. And I love that. And you know I love when companies go on and ship refills to us so we never run all the things we need. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children 
Women's Vitamin. You can get 50, 50, 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash that sounds fun. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash that sounds fun and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. That link, along with the links to all the things, the Here For You tour tickets, the sign-up for the AFD Week in Review, the free Book of the Month resource, and all kinds of other fun things can be found in the show notes. Make sure you check them out. And now back to finish up our conversation with Jovi and Charles. So this week, when people are hearing this, it's a Thursday, and so Sunday starts Holy Week, technically, with Palm Sunday. Pastor Joby, can you just tell us a little bit about Holy Week. For anybody who who is is new to experiencing this or anybody who has never called it Holy Week just knows Easter's coming. But can you talk a little bit about what happens between Sunday and Sunday? Yeah, well, the church, uh, in its effort to accomplish the Great, great Commission and make disciples and make disciples and make disciples, modeled its calendar after the Gospel of John because the half of the Gospel of John is like the last week of Jesus' yes. life. So, like, if it's a movie, the whole back end, the whole last week is in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Every single detail. Yeah. And Jesus is the yes and amen of every promise and prophecy about him in the Old Covenant. And so, he gets on a donkey. He heads into town. People go crazy, lose their mind. They're cheering. Yeah. Uh, which is really a warning, though, by the way, because even in the cheering, some people go, now, who is this again? So, don't right. get caught up in the hype. Right. Um our Holy Week is quite a bit different at our church because we have Thursday night services. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have Easter Thursday, so yeah. you don't have to fast as long. And yeah, that's right. Lent <laughs> ends quicker for y'all. Congratulations. Right. I got an extra four days after y'all are done. <laughs> and we do a Good Friday service on Tuesday. Yo, uh, come but, on. <laughs> yeah. That works for me. But it is. Man, Jesus walks into Jerusalem. He's not going to leave again. He continues to do the miraculous. He continues to point people to his father. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what is going to happen. All throughout, especially the book of John, he keeps saying, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. Well, this week his hour has come. And the sovereign king of the universe lines this up so that his death is in line with Passover. Yeah. And he gathers his disciples together. They have the Last Supper. One of the most beautiful things to me is he says, knowing all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him, mm-hmm. he showed his disciples the full extent of his love, and he didn't preach a miracle. Yeah, I mean, he didn't preach a sermon. He didn't do a miracle. didn't do a service project. He dresses himself as a servant. He washes his disciples' feet. Yeah. And he even washed Judas' feet. Yeah. Right. How about that one? Yeah. Mm. Peter makes promises that he could never keep. Then they take him to the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of the crushing. He prays three times. And you know what the question he's really answering in the Garden of Gethsemane? He's answering the question that is the number one criticism of Christianity. Surely there's another way. Surely you can be good enough. You can align your chakra. You can obey the five pillars. You can go to Mecca. Surely there's some other thing you could do, right? Jesus asked that question to his father. Father, if there be any other way. Right. Like, if we can just follow the Ten Commandments, seems like an awful waste of my blood on Calvary tomorrow. Not my will, your will be done. Yeah. He's arrested, tried, crucified, dead, buried. And then silence. Mm-hmm. And then on the third day, here's what's encouraging. If you've ever read the Bible and you're a little slow on the uptake, I've got really good news. You can make a great disciple. Yeah. Because <laughs> the disciples were... I mean, talk about missing the point. Yeah. They're running to the tomb, not expecting it to be empty. Surprise when it is. Yeah. Just blatantly told them this over and over and over and over. I love it in the Gospel of John because four times in the in John chapter twenty, John wants to make it abundantly clear that he can outrun Peter. Yeah, so that's, that's right. The, the the disciple Jesus loved. <laughs> that's right. I love that guy. Yeah. And then Jesus comes out of the tomb. Yeah. And uh it appears over 500 people in the place, in the place where they crucified him. Yeah. I mean, all Rome has to do to shut down this whole thing is just bring out the dead prophet, hang him from the middle of the square in Jerusalem, and we ain't doing Easter this year. Yeah, right. And they can't. Correct. 
Charles, something I've been thinking about as we're listening, as everybody's hearing us on Thursday, is Judas had already decided at this point to turn on Jesus, correct? Correct. So talk us in your way through what you think was going on in Judas's mind and heart right now. Wow. That's a good one. I, well, he's this, I think, I think scripture calls him the son of perdition and he was created for this very purpose, which, yeah. which, I mean, again, that's one of those things I don't understand. Right. It's like Pharaoh, like Pharaoh was created for the purpose for which he served. And right. so I would like to say, I don't know that I can, well, let me just be really honest. I would like to tell you, I can't understand Judas, but I'm Judas every day. Mm. I betray him every day. I lie to him every day. I mean, I don't want to. I'm, I want to be obedient. I want to walk in. But, but I'm a, I am still, I mean, Paul writes, I'm chief among sinners. I mean, I, yeah. That is still, even as much as I want to become more sanctified tomorrow than I, all of that, there's still Romans 7, a sin that dwells in me, a wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. That's yeah. me. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about right. Charles. right. So, I don't know. Look, the truth is, all of us are Judas. All of us betray Jesus with a kiss. All of us have taken, I don't know, something for gain and just trashed Jesus for whatever, I don't, you know, for whatever reason. So, it would be really uppity of me to point a finger at Judas. He was created for that purpose. I don't understand that. Truth is, though, if you're really going to, if I'm going to point a finger at Judas— and you can see, like, one is pointing at him. There are three at me. Yeah. And I can tell you, as a pastor of a church for the last 10 years, what scares me to death about Easter is what you see on the last few nights of the life of Jesus. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know the end of the story, the events, and I told you, like, if you got to the Last Supper, yeah, and I was like, all right, somebody's going to betray him. Who do you think it's going to be? Everybody would say, well, it's not Judas. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, he's the treasurer. He has a right. job. He's responsible for the money, right? Right. He's seen all the miracles. Not only did he see all the miracles, he participated in at least the feeding of the 5,000. Right. The miracle happened in his hand. Yes. He's heard every sermon. You'd probably say, I think it's going to be Peter. Peter's going to be the betrayer <laughs> yeah, because right. I heard Jesus call him the devil one time. So yeah. that can't be good. All yeah. Right? And the chosen makes Judas seem like such a nice guy. He has oh, the nicest gosh, yes. eyes. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Well, then in Matthew 26, this hit me like a ton of bricks. Don't you love this? You just read the Bible and you've uh, obviously I've read Matthew 26 before. I, like professionally, I have degrees in yeah. this stuff. And yet <laughs> I see something I've never seen before in my right, whole life. Right. Well, they're having the last supper and Jesus says, there will be one of you who will betray me. Mm. And the Bible says, and each one of the disciples says, is it I, Lord? Right. So like 11 times they go around the circle. Right. Is it I, Lord? Is right. it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? It gets to Peter and Peter's like, not me. I promise never, ever, right. ever. And then you, when you get down to the end, it says this in verse 25. And Judas, who would betray him, says, is it I, Rabbi? He didn't know him as Lord. Hmm. Oh, wow. He knew all the sermons. He had seen the miracles. He, he believed his teaching. <sighs> He's Shelby. like, here's what I'm afraid of. Especially, I'm Honestly, I love your show. It's awesome. How sad would it be if people come to church and come to church and come to church or listen to your show and listen to your show and they're like, yeah, man, I know him. I believe. But they don't know him as Lord. Gosh, yeah. They just grew up in the South and they're, you know, right. good Christian folk. Right. And they just think he's a model or an example. Right. And not the resurrected Savior. Gosh. So every Easter, that's what I'm praying because we've got tens of thousands of people that will show up to our church and I'm so afraid that people will only know him as a teacher and not yeah. know him as the risen Savior. Yeah. And Judas in that moment, like, how do you ask that question, Judas? You already know. Right. Is he just straight lying? Well, he's doing something that us men are very good at. We're very good at masking who uh, we really are. Uh, That's just a fact. There's just a world where he could have gone... Yeah, I, I thought about it, but I shouldn't do it, right? Like there's just a world where he could have he could have confessed his sin. I mean, we've talked a lot recently about confession on the show. And thank you for your kind words, Joby. But we've talked a lot about confession. And you're just like, man, he was face to face with the opportunity to confess and he couldn't do it. 
Yeah, he could smell the breath of God. Right. But wasn't filled with it. Think oh, about that. Yikes. He probably had better theology than the three of us put together. Right. I'm telling you. Right. So as a oh, church person, that, that scares me to death. And from my seat, from my seat, okay, I'm up on stage, yeah. right? Everybody looks great on Easter. You can't tell the difference between Peter mm-hmm. and Judas. Yeah. They just look the same. Right. Right, yeah. We I, our pastor, Pastor Kevin, showed a, a Rembrandt this week uh, that Rembrandt had painted of all the disciples. Mm-hmm. You can't look at that and tell which one is Judas and which one is Peter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. right. You, they're mm-hmm. just all in the boat with Jesus. They're just all in the That's boat right. with Jesus. Oh, have mercy on us, Jesus. Okay, speaking of Jesus, Pastor uh, Pastor Charles, I'll say that too because that you know that's how we feel about you around here. You are a well, pastor of the pod. Yeah, you for sure are. Son of Man, tell us yes. a little bit about Son of Man while we're talking about Jesus books. If you've read What If It's True and They Turn the World Upside Down, you'll you'll remember there are places in there where I, as storyteller, try and use scripture to maybe color the stories or the events mm-hmm. that occur in scripture. Now, I'm also, I, I hope and pray, really careful to tell people, look, scripture says what it says. Right. The Bible is absolutely true. I am over here on the side trying to add my commentary to help us see it maybe with 4K, Technicolor, whatever, in yeah. my own storytelling ability. Yeah. And if you, and what if it's true and they turn the world upside down? I did this in several places, 25, 30 places, whatever. My publisher came along and said, Charles, we, we've, we want to pull these narratives out and just put them in a, put them in a, in a, in a book. And I said, well, okay, let me, can we see what it looks like? So yeah. they took and they strung all of these stories together in a smaller book called Son of Man. And it's just the narratives of, of Jesus' life. And one of the really cool things that just hit me in a really beautiful way when I read through it was the realization that when I was writing What If It's True and They Turn the World Upside Down, I was writing What If It's True and They Turn the World Upside Down. Yeah. The Holy Spirit was writing What If It's True and They Turn the World Upside Down in the Son of Man. Because right. when you read it, it it tells the gospel, not completely. I mean, it's you know there are certainly parts left out, okay? But it tells the gospel really completely. And I was amazed, wow, this is something that you could hand somebody that maybe isn't all sold out. Maybe they're not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. And and it would give them a picture of Jesus that they maybe have not yeah. considered. Yeah. And it simultaneously, I, I believe it is an encouragement to those of us who know him and follow him and love him. And that it just, it paints, maybe it paints pictures of the the events, the true events in the life of Jesus and those who loved him and helps us understand they're just real people like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like the chosen, the book. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, between anything is possible and son of man, I feel like this week, you know, we go quieter. I think a lot of people choose to remove from their lives the last week of Lent a little bit more to kind of have time to focus. And and for me, reading books like anything is possible and son of man are kind of the my disciplines, my practices that kind of help me get to Easter with a more grateful heart. And, and then get ready for Easter tags. I'm all about a party that lasts longer than a fast. Listen, you know me. Amen. I'm like, let's go 52 days between Easter and Pentecost. I know. That's right. Okay, so anything we didn't talk about, y'all want to make sure we say? I do have an idea, you know, talking about Holy Week. Get the Son of Man. Yeah. There's a chapter that Charles read to us in Pilate's Praetorium. That's where Jesus gets flogged. Wow, yeah. So there is a chapter that picks, it starts there and takes it to the cross. Yeah. If your church has a like a Good Friday service, for sure go to that. But if you want to do your own little Good Friday service, yeah. just read that chapter because a part of what a, a Good Friday service is before I bow hunt, we bow hunt. Yeah. And the way an arrow is flung out of a bow is you have to pull the bow back and create a whole bunch of tension. Yeah. That's what Holy Week is. Yeah. You're creating all right. this tension, man. You go to the, you go to the table, you go to the Garden of Gethsemane, you go to the cross, and there's all this tension so that on Sunday morning when you wake up and the tomb is empty and you release that thing, yeah. then fireworks. Yeah, that's good. When we were in Israel, the last day we did, we do Jerusalem, you know, follow the steps of Jesus in from the garden. We get to Pilate's Praetorium where he's flogged and it's it's down underground. And yeah. so they, they asked me to teach this. And I didn't, I just said, I'm not teaching. I'm just reading it. So they recorded it. And if you would like me to read it to you, go to my website Yeah, and it, go to charlesmartinbooks.com. This is a promo. Sorry. No, it's great. charlesmartinbooks.com and, and click on son of man. And that video is there. So the thing oh, he's talking yay. about where I walk through 
the last couple hours of Jesus' life, there's actually the video there. So you don't actually have to get the book. You Man, my my self-control is going to be not watching that till Good Friday. <laughs> Making myself wait until next Friday. What a, what a gift that is. Well, the last thing we always do, you know, Charles, because this is your sixth episode of That Sounds Whoa. Fun. I know we've, we're, we're going to get jackets one of these days for all of y'all that are five plus. But we always talk about what sounds fun to you here, but Charles, you know that you were nominated and invited to someone else's What Sounds Fun because now we got to climb a 14er mountain with one of our friends. Yeah. Are you up for this? Yeah, I got a, a little bit of a bone to pick with you there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't you, say you. She said you. you. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I realize that. And she's probably awesome. She's probably a yeah. freak of nature. She probably just like this little goat that runs up. Now. But do you understand 14,000 feet is like really thin air. There's no air up there. Those people are crazy. <laughs> You, you get to about 10, 11,000 feet and, and you're like, holy smokes. And then also you think, Everest, are you kidding me? That's twice as high as you got to be. Yeah. So 14,000 feet. Look, it's a lot of fun. It's beautiful. It would be a lot of fun. And yes, we should do it. But okay. I need some time. I, okay. I need, I I need don't to know Google that I could... how to train for a 14er. I don't even know. Ouch. I know. I'm not looking forward to it. Okay. So Joby, you get to go first. Pastor Joby, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell mm -hmm. me what sounds fun to you. Uh. Hunting trips, yeah, all kind of do. hunting trips, yeah. you name it, all yeah. over the world, bow hunting, whatever, yeah. from East Coast deer, the Midwest, to up in Canada, moose, South Africa. I'm taking my my rising seniors high son to South Africa to chase all the Plains games this year. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's a very good answer. Well done. Thanks. Pastor Charles, what sounds fun to you? This year is 30 years marriage for Christy and I, <gasps> oh, and uh, that's awesome. we are, we've never been, we're going to Hawaii. Oh my gosh, um, when? Going, Soon? Uh, in the first or second week of May, going with my agent, Chris, and his yeah, wife. Yeah, Maui. I've never been. I, don't, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. I but, literally um, just got back. Do you know that? I got back no. two, day, two weeks ago. I can't really? wait. Too. I'm going to tell you what. I was just there. Really? Last week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't. Were you on Maui as well, Pastor Joby? Uh, I was Oahu. Okay. We were on the North Shore. We oh, a lot. fun. Okay. Yes. Charles, I'm going to text Christy. I'm going to give you all the the restaurant wrecks. Please, please. Oh. I need, I've never been. Um, I need to know what to do. Yes. I'm, but I will tell you this. I've written 17 novels. I'm pretty sure there's a novel coming out of Hawaii. <gasps> oh, I hope if, so. If, if, if Mishner can do it, I'm right. doing it. I just finished reading a novel from Hawaii called Molokai about the leper colony. Ooh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's All great. Right. It's really thick, so says people. I read it on my Kindle, and it did take me a long time, but it's it's great. So I can't wait to read. I mean, I'm still waiting on your... I'm ready for your Scotland one. Okay, good. It's pretty good. <laughs> <It's> pretty good. <laughs> um, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for walking us towards Easter. We are really grateful. Pastor Joby, could we end with you just praying for us and praying over Easter week? I would love that. Let's pray. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray. I pray that millions of people would come to know you as Lord and Savior awesome. this year at Easter. Awesome. Lord, I pray that Easter is not just a thing that happened 2,000 years ago. It is a current reality. And Lord, for anybody that feels like they're in an impossible situation right now, an impossible marriage, an impossible financial situation, an impossible health situation, mm. Lord, I pray that they would not put their faith in their circumstances. They would put their faith in their sovereign Savior. Awesome. And that we would know, we would believe God, if you could breathe life into your dead son, then surely you could breathe life into a dead marriage or a dead relationship or whatever it is. Because God, if the tomb is empty, anything is possible. Yeah, that's right. And we believe this because the tomb is empty. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, don't you think they're great? I know. Okay, be sure to grab your copy of Anything is Possible and be sure to grab your copy of Son of God from Charles. I mean, these are both great books to read during Holy Week. Follow them on social media. Tell them thanks for being on the show today. So, okay, we heard what sounds fun to Charles and Joby and we love that Charles and I got looped in to one of your answers to what sounds fun to you. But now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Mary Catherine, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. I'm Mary Catherine. I'm from Washington, D.C. And Annie, what sounds fun to me is Easter. Yes. I'm so excited for Easter. It feels like there's been a steady drumbeat, slow clap, if you will, <laughs> that started on Ash Wednesday that has like now been increasing. So my soul is like Easter, Easter, Easter. And it's only going to get faster yes. as we go. That is a great answer. Tell me why you love Easter. 
Oh, I love Easter for so many reasons. Um, I mean, spiritually, it's really significant. And this Lenten season has been really good. The Lord has just been up to good things. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the culmination of those and the, the finishing of yeah. the Lenten season. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> um, and then there's, you know, really fun things. So I'm a runner and I hope to do a little sunrise run yeah. um, on Easter Sunday. And those are always really powerful. And then we'll have our church community. And then my boyfriend, my sister and I are going to drive up to Pittsburgh, where I'm from. Yeah. And we'll celebrate with my parents and work from there for a little bit. So that's, that's awesome. exciting. Also, can I just say, yeah. um, I gave up chocolate for Lent oh, and wow. I'm very excited, very excited <laughs> for my... <laughs> <laughs> what what is your what is your first chocolate intake going to be? You know, okay, this is funny. I love cinnamon rolls. Yeah, and I found a recipe for like chocolate cinnamon rolls. Yeah, do that. And I think yeah, that's that sounds really fun to me. He is risen indeed. When you get yeah, to have I that mean, chocolate cinnamon roll, <laughs> he is risen indeed, my friend. That's so fun. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is going and hugging my friends' kids. So I will be doing that. Y'all have a great weekend, a meaningful Holy Week, and a beautiful Easter, friends. Hug the people that you love. I'm thankful that Jesus is alive and makes all things new. We'll see you over at Let's Read the Gospels next week, starting in the message on Saturday. Don't miss it, you guys. It's going to be so good. We'll be back here the Monday after Easter with Pastor Mark Batterson. Happy Easter, friends.